Welcome to the 412th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Welcome and thank you for listening. This podcast has been going on for some time and we're actually getting close to 1 million downloads. So in honor of that, if you would send me a little email saying you're a longtime listener, uh, how long you've been listening, uh, I'd love to give you a shout out on the next couple of podcasts. So uh, let me know if you've been listening and obviously share it with your friends so we can get to a million quicker. Addie Delaney Minerich and I are going to do a January challenge, Journey to Health. Uh, we're going to offer a one-month membership. Uh, typically, we have people commit to three to six months, depending on the level of membership. We're going to do a one-month membership option, during which time we'll send an email out every day with a new habit for January and hopefully for the rest of your life. So these will be things that are easily accomplished. Every day will add up. So day one, day one plus two, day one plus two plus three, all the way to 31 days of January with a new habit. And it's easier to form new habits when you add them onto old habits. So we're going to piggyback them onto some things that we know most people already do. This will be aimed at people that need to get their plant-based nutrition a little bit more dialed in, or even those tinkering with going plant-based or maybe going plant-based again that just need a little bit of help. People that are, and it'll be a combination of movement and nutrition. And so every other day we'll have a movement practice. And again, these will be easily accomplished all 31 in one day. So at the day 31, you'll be able to do all 31 in one day without too much difficulty. With those emails, we'll also give you and talk a little bit about whys. We'll give you variations depending on what your level of mobility or exercise is. So there'll be something for everybody. Um, we'll explain the whys of nutrition and give you hints. We're going to send recipes out, some different workouts out for the month, and you'll have uh, complete access to our uh, members-only website for one month. So keep an eye for the tab will come up on the website uh, in the next couple of weeks. And you can sign up for the January Health Challenge. So nutrition and, and mobility. So we're looking forward to doing that with a lot of people, hoping to give people a kickstart. And again, if you just do a little thing every day, then you know pretty soon they add up and you've, and you've got a whole lifestyle change. So uh, keep, them, keep an eye out for that. As far as my pull-up challenge go, I'm still working on it. Um, we just came back from the California International Marathon. And it's interesting, we do the VIP experience. So anybody that's contemplating doing the CIM or California International Marathon, I would highly uh, recommend it. They, um, the way this marathon goes, you get bussed out 26 miles and you run in from Folsom, California to downtown Sacramento at the, at the Capitol. So they bus you out very early in the morning. If you do the VIP experience, you get to go out on a charter bus and you get to sit typically in a heated tent. But this year we were in a CrossFit gym. So I actually got to do two pull-ups tries at the CrossFit gym. And I'm about 75% there for my hang. So, you know, almost have it. I almost have it. So um, certainly keeping um, that going and adding a few more challenges into it. So, you know, going to get it, going to get it. Um, but yes, we did the California International Marathon. Don't want to make excuses, um, but we weren't that well trained for it. And we knew it going in um, with between Hurricane Ian and Thanksgiving and family and all this kind of thing as our 
long run training really got put on the back burner. And uh, we kind of gave in to, uh, we'll do it next week, we'll do it next week, and then something, something happened. So our longest run was actually the marathon in June. And then we did some 16s, some 18s throughout the summer. And then we did the swim run, and that was, you know, about 15 miles, but broken up between swimming and running, and really nothing much after that other than six milers. So that is not a good marathon training plan. Um, so the idea was to see what we can do with the fitness that we had banked, so to speak. It was also a run to kind of practice being in the pain cave a little bit. So after having heard the podcast where the lady said, you know, it doesn't get much worse after 26 miles when you're talking about a 50 mile, I decided to apply that to, you know, it probably doesn't get much worse after 13 miles when you're not trained, so we'll just learn to see how much, you know, we can tolerate. And and the idea was uh, to run to heart rate, so not to go out real fast expecting something that we, you know, is not going to be available and uh, see if we can hold on and the A goal was to be negative split, and the B goal was uh, finish and don't get hurt and have a good time. Uh, we ultimately went for the B goal, finish, don't get hurt, and have a good time, even to the point where we were kind of looking for bathroom breaks. So we had four bathroom breaks. Uh, Michael and I ran together, and, you know, it's like, yeah, go, I'll wait for you. Typically, that wouldn't happen in a marathon. So, um, you know, again, it, it became a little pedestrian, so to speak. We started out really good, thir- first 13. Um, you know, pace was adequate. I've been running since around 2000 marathons. And, you know, there's always when you read books about marathon training, they always say, you know, you can go your long run should be two minutes slower than what you're going to run in a race. I got to tell you, for me, I race like I train. And so I pretty much race like I trained. Um, so my pace, 930s, 10 minute mile in the beginning, and then it slowed down from there. Um, got some cramps in my hip flexors, which is unusual, uh, but I'll get back into that a little bit um, a little bit later. I'll take a side tour. We did a shakeout run on Saturday in the rain, 50-degree rain, uh, with the Rabbit team. Um, I am an ambassador for Rabbit Clothing, and I really do like their products, so they had a group uh, shakeout run, and then we peeled off of that and kind of went around the Capitol on our usual morning run. Got to go to our Sacramento farmer's market and get some persimmons and look at all the different vegetables. And uh, we got some pita and some vegan hummus and uh, different flavors and um, uh, some other vegetables that we could eat in the, in the room. And um, kind of went back and watched it rain the rest of the day. So we didn't do much, which is unlike me. So we kind of, you know, okay, we're going to time change, going to sit around. And I think that sitting around and more like feet up, um, most of the afternoon really um, kind of got me in a not good uh, mobility uh, position for the rest of for the race. So we got up and went to the you know the race start. You stretch a little bit, but there's not really a whole lot of room or a whole lot of time. And so we took off, and so my hip flexors started really tightening up. And it wasn't you know like I'm throwing my back out or anything, but they were just really getting tight and annoying and. Um, my nutrition was good. I was taking, you know, a couple gels, which is 100 calories an hour. So we were, we were really doing well with that and they were sitting good. So that was good. I usually don't take electrolytes. I didn't drink that much water. We do a handheld 25 ounce bottle. It was cold, um, better than expected. It was supposed to rain. 
So at the last minute, I decided to buck up and go with shorts and a um, T-shirt and arm warmers, and that was a good call because it actually got a little warm early on. The sun actually came out, and then it rained at the end of the race, but not to the very end. So it wasn't bad weather-wise, but it was cool enough that I wasn't thirsty enough, and I didn't really push the fluids that much. But I didn't think I was that dehydrated, and I don't think I was that dehydrated based on the two bathroom stops. Um, but nevertheless, these kind of muscle cramps, spasms, so to speak, were kind of annoying um, and certainly slowing me down. Um, so, you know, uh, one rule of marathon is don't do something that you haven't done on marathon day before. And, you know, that's a good rule, but I often don't follow it, anybody that knows me. So there was a, a tent on the side of one of the aid station, and a guy was handing out this stuff called cramp uh, relief, leg cramp relief. And it's like, you know, it's worth a try, so I'm going to go ahead. And, and I took, I took um, a little packet, and lo and behold, uh, I said, put them under your tongue. It's like, all right. And um, I did. And, geez, it wasn't too much longer that I actually was... Um, feeling great. And, you know, I didn't have much in the way of leg cramps the rest of the rest of the race. I didn't have any soreness in my hip flexors after it was all said and done. My quads were kind of sore. Um, had some hamstring tightness, which is unusual for me, but um, legs, my hip flexors were actually pretty good. So I don't know, you know, uh, what it'll blood up anyway. I did start using some of the electrolyte drink none on the side of the road, but I didn't take enough of that to fix anything. And I was fixed before. So this stuff is called leg, um, it's a homeopathic remedy, Highlands Leg Cramps, Highlands, I'm sorry, Highland Leg Cramp Relax Calf and Foot Cramps, and it's a homeopathic herbal type of um, concoction. Um, I actually looked up, and yeah, some of the leaves are known to decrease cramping, and there's nothing bad, and no real side effects, and I didn't have any GI side effects, which I thought I was going to, so it worked out kind of good. It was a long race, you know, as far as because the times were slower, it took a lot longer when you turn into the last street. You've got um, that you turn on the last street is like block nine and you start out on block 35 or 40. So counting those blocks down was, you know, a bit a bit slow. But again, you know, learn to tolerate discomfort a little bit more uh, out of the comfort zone. Um, I was really happy that I troubleshooted a problem with my, you know, hip flexors and things got better. Um, so, you know, overall it was a, a pretty good day and our, and our times weren't horrible. You know, I mean, um, again, if you took the bathroom breaks off, we'd have broke five hours, just a little over five hours, 5.05. So it wasn't a great, it certainly wasn't a great time at all, but for the little that we trained and the stops and everything else, not too bad. I had a bit of a head game, though, starting this weekend. Um, um, you know, again, I was looking forward to running and entering the pain cave, and that's, that's all well and good. But when we went to the shakeout run on Saturday morning with the Rad Rabbit, the Rabbit Clothing team, um, it was quite apparent that um, we were probably in the, um, some of the oldest people there, two of the oldest people there. Maybe there might have been somebody else our age if we'd have looked hard enough. But for the most part... We were the oldest, um, and it's like, oh, you know, you hate to be into that age category when people are starting to disappear, uh, and I know there's a lot of people my age out there that just weren't r running, but nevertheless, you'd like to see, you know, more people out there in our age group with the Rad Rabbit, 
But if you looked at the California International Marathon, there were 8,022 finishers. I think there was something like 10,000 signed up. A lot of people dropped because of the weather. Um, in the 60 to 64 age group for women, there were actually 83. In the 65 to 69, 37. There were 3,256 females overall. Um, and there were 75 to 79, there were two. 70 to 74, 13. So... Uh, certainly the curve drops off a little bit, um, for, but it was a big race, so it was a fair amount of people in the age group. Certainly wasn't, you know, the one or two like we had in the 50-person shakeout run, so to speak. But nevertheless, um, you know, you start to think, you know, is there anybody like me, um, the old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, it's that time of the year, Land of the Misfits Toys, um, but I'm kind of used to being an outlier. Um, I've always been an outlier in, in what I've done, what I've chosen to do, being a cardiologist and a woman, like 6%. Um, you know, things I've done over my lifetime is, has truly been in the um, ends of the bell curve, uh, more so than in the middle. So uh, I would tend to be an early adopter. I guess I probably am an early adopter. I'm not, I don't tend to shy away from things that aren't the norm or against the current. Uh, I've never been one to have to fit in to a ball. But nevertheless, you know, as you turn older and your hair grows white, um, you wonder what the future holds. In my head, I feel 40. Uh, in the mirror, I'm 60. Um, on the races, in the roads, you know, I'm, I'm more of a 60-year-old. Um, but that doesn't change my aspirations or change my outliers. Obviously, being a plant, eating plant-based nutrition, being a plant-based cardiologist is certainly in the outlier type of category. But I have to say that, you know, I'm, I'm a person that everything happens for a reason. And, you, you know, it depends on which way you look at things as far as are there diminishing numbers of people as we get older running um, are times possibly slowing down? Um, you know, is there a time when I won't be able to? Those are all things you can look at or accept where you are. But there's also another way to look at it. And that's with who are doing great things. You know, um, no hundred mile, I know a hundred year old person that still running five miles a day. I have a member that's 80 eight years old, still running halves, uh, an 80-year-old getting ready to do his second marathon. Um, and today, uh, I got sent by um, a member of the practice, Linda Formica, a, and I'll share the link, uh, a 96-year-old lady still doing gymnastics and very fit. I also today, like I said, everything happens for a reason, had an 80-plus-year-old member that uh, comes in fairly infrequently because they're always moving around and traveling, but he came in for, just to kind of say hi, and he asked me a question. He asked me, um, do I look like a typical 80-year-old? And what do you think my prognosis is? And thank you, Dick Sprangle for bringing that up because we sat there and we talked about, no, he doesn't have many people to look at as far as inspiration. He hikes every day. He does calisthenics every day. Um, he's very involved in his community. 
And he's okay being an outlier. He's okay eating plant-based. He and his wife enjoy um, what they cook, what they eat, how they feel, how they get around. And they're okay with people not doing what they're doing um, and not eating that way. And they they pretty much let it go. Um, These people are okay being outliers. They draw inspiration from other outliers. They don't moan about not being part of the crowd. And I think sometimes that's difficult, um, especially um, when it seems like it's over and over again, you're an outlier. I think that's what makes a lot of people not be plant-based or fall out of the different activities that they do because there aren't uh, people like them. But I think it comes down to what do you want to be? I think sometimes we'd like to move the bell curve. We would like to make, uh, and there's a, I can't remember the the guy's name that wrote a book, but it's basically, you know, early adopters. And then there's this chasm or this area where there's people are waiting in the uh, middle of the curve, so to speak, waiting to see if the early adopters fail or succeed before they dip their feet in the water. And so there's a little fraction of that middle big part of the bell curve such that could be sucked into being an early adopter or an outlier, so to speak. But for the most part, that curve really never changes. So I guess the reality is that that curve's not going to change and there's no real reason to try to make people change. So you have to learn to look for the outliers like you are, especially if you're eating plant-based or you're doing endurance athlete, you know, into the golden years, so to speak, or the silver years, maybe. Um, and you can either, you know, again, you're, you, you get to pick your team, but you can't change what the teams are for the most part. It's kind of like going to a football game and having, you know, the visiting color on or, you know, the different color, but you're sitting in the other stands, you know, and so there's a sea of red and you happen to be yellow or whatever. And you say, it's okay. You know, I'm okay rooting for, you know, just a good game, but you don't really ever fit in because you're just not on that team. So you have to decide what team you want to be on. I think a lot of my frustration comes from, you know, I'd like more people to be on the team. Uh, And I try to kind of drag people kicking and screaming sometimes when I should pretty much let everybody decide what they want to be and um, look again for the outliers. The problem is it's your health that, that is a concern. And, you know, my whole job is to make people healthier. And once you know that there's a better way, it's hard not to want to share and hard not to want to have people give it a try. Um, and it's not easy being an outlier, so you need help. And so that's where we come in as far as wanting to provide education on the why so that more people might see that there's an option. Because I think sometimes when you're in that big group in the middle, you can't see the, what the outliers are. Um, there's too many people in the way. So you can't see what life's like being healthy, being active. You just see so many people around you that, you know, have aches and pains and are on medication or going to the doctors and, you know, doing things that you sit down or barely move and never getting your heart rate up. And you assume that things are supposed to hurt and, you know, on and on and on. Because you can't see the outliers because you're, you're, you're so stuck in the middle. So those are the kind of people we like to be able to say, hey, you know, there's a better way. You want to try it. We're here to support you. Um, but it doesn't have to be, um, you know, we'll meet you where you are. Um, 
you don't have to be part of the outliers. I think society, the medical community, would like people to, to, you know, to think that, you know, again, most people are in the middle. There's nothing you can do. Age is about getting, you know, uh, poor health as you go, and you're too far gone. I think a lot of people might think that, you know, they're they're well beyond what you can turn back, so to speak. And certainly, as people age, that curve of declining health starts to get steeper, and the slope down to ill health starts to get more slippery, and you have to work harder to stay where you are. It's, you know, I have to do mobility exercises. You know, um, your metabolism goes down a little bit. You don't need as many calories when you've lost muscle and bone mass. You have to fight to keep the muscle and mass up. So it, it's not the easy path by any stretch of the imagination. It's kind of like there are two rides, the lazy river ride, you know, where you just kind of drift on and things come as they are and you you know you're just kind of part of the traditional society medication and decreased mobility take the cart you know instead of walking um, get an electric bicycle so to speak or you can ride the rapids you know and stay in the boat um, on a wild ride and hang on with all you've got and work to hang and, and you know work to make it good um, you know personally as an outlier I think it's much more fun uh, to do something like that. You have to look a little harder for people that are outliers like you, that are, are motivators, and you know, not look back into the big, giant middle of the curve. So in coming to the, you know, I'm going to have more podcasts before the end of the year, certainly, but you know, things that I've learned and people that have inspired me over the, the last year, certainly members of my practice that are, are doing great things. But, you know, again, the lady, the German lady that are still doing gymnastics, Jenny McCall, the Ninja Warrior. Um, you know, I interviewed Bob Becker, uh, who did the Death Valley 135-mile run at age 78. Um, you know, certainly we have an 86-year-old half marathoner, an 80-year-old marathoner, and, you know, a 100-year-old vegan that had colon cancer, decided to go Actually got colon cancer in the 70s, decided to go plant-based, and running now at 100, about five miles a day. So there are people out there, you just have to look for them, and we have to look for who motivates us uh, and know where, where we want to be on the curve. People that I've had the pleasure of interviewing this year, you know, there's been slogans, you know, motion is lotion. Ken Clover of the Leadville 100-mile run, he says that you can do more than you think you can a middle-of-the-pack ultra-marathoner that says, doesn't hurt much more after 26 miles. Why not me? Do hard things. These are all slogans and pe words that people live by that are actually doing these things that are the outliers, that are doing great things and living life to the fullest. With the hurricane and watching the plants and the animals come back and the resiliency of Mother Nature and the resiliency of people in my community that have had to endure extreme hardship, certainly resiliency and being fit trumps dependency and being unfit and unhealthy any day. Um, but that resiliency takes hard work and it takes an effort and it takes being okay being an outlier a lot of the times. I think sometimes people are afraid to fail, wonder if it doesn't work. I guess my answer would be wonder if it does work. And you'll never know if you don't try. And there's certainly fun at 
doing and pushing to the limits and seeing just how far you can go because uh, I truly do believe we can do more than we think we can. Sometimes you don't go as fast as you think you can, but you can do more than you think you can. There was a recent study in the Journal of Nutrition that looked at people who do high-intensity exercise that have cancer have a 72% less they have a 72% less metastatic cancer in people that exercise at a high intensity on a regular basis. How many people with cancer do you ever think hear that at an oncologist's office? If you put that up against most chemotherapy drugs, how do you think that would, would pan out? Um, you know, diabetes is reduced with exercise. Um, the incidence of obviously cardiovascular health, but it's not easy. And uh, people shy away and people look for the easy way out um, and the bare minimum. So if you want to be an outlier, don't look for the bare minimum. Let's look about how much you can do. I don't believe you have to be a victim. I don't believe that you're destined to, or you're, the wheels are destined to fall off as you age. I think you get to participate. So that's the thing that you have to accept, that you get to participate. Lifestyle diseases are largely from the lifestyle that you choose. So if you want a different lifestyle, you have to choose differently. But just remember, you might have to be an outlier. Don't forget, you can email me at jamie at drdelaney.com with questions. And if you've been a longtime listener, I'd love to know... Um, and again, look over at drdelaney.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y on ways you can sign up to do our January um, health challenge. And, you know, it's a great Christmas gift as well. Uh, if you have somebody that you'd like to pull into the outlier category or let them dip their feet gently into the water, um, I think uh, it would be a great, great thing. It's, again, it's going to be something that everybody can do, but something that everybody can benefit from by doing it. So I don't think there's anybody that's too great not to do it, but uh, I think we'll have some interesting and fun ways to get, to get healthier over the month of January. So I'd love for you to join us. Next up for me is the 50 mile race in Texas, the Hoka Rocky 50 that's in February, followed by the Stewart marathon in Stewart, Florida. That's the treasure coast marathon actually in Stewart, Florida you want to join us, there's still time to come on down. Uh, we'd love to see you in, in uh, Stuart. Maybe I'll see you in Texas. Who knows? Um, and then there's some pretty big things on the horizon. I, I think we're going to try 50 milers. And, um, you know, I got my eye set on a 100 miler at some point. Uh, I've got a little bit of a plan going, but I can't, uh, I can't fake it on a 100 miler. So the training is going to go. I'm going to push myself to the limits. I might fail, um, but I'm certainly going to have a great time learning and uh, doing it and be around some great people. And you know what? The weather's just fine here with the outliers. And there's a lot of positive people over here. So if you're not an outlier and you'd like to join us, come on over. We'd love to have you. Thanks for listening.